Hello, friends, and welcome to Untorn Radio. And we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. I'm your host, Jay Trainer, coming at you live. It's good to be with you, my friends. Welcome aboard. I want to encourage you to sign into the chat room if you are interested at this time. Uh, you can do that by clicking on Spreaker and signing up and being part of our community right on Spreaker.com. It's good to be with you, my friends, and we are live right here at Studio 14B, and we are looking at this whole uh, subject, this whole month, on the aspect of leadership. And last week, we talked about the idea of what it means to be people of character and integrity when it comes to our influence. And influence is always one of those things, my friends, when we are thinking that it's leadership, but influence and leadership yeah they work hand in hand but not everybody is called to leadership on a macro level on a huge level but that doesn't mean that you are not a person of influence see you are a person of influence I'm a person of influence tonight I want to take you back to one of my childhood experiences growing up and way back in the day because I can say that as a 37 year old I can say that there was a way back in the day for me we used to participate in this Christian Boy Scout thing called Stockade or Christian Service Brigade. It was a lot of fun. We used to go to a local camp here in western New York and participate in different activities outdoors. We played Capture the Flag. We participated in the Mud Pit, Tug of War contests, relays, Frisbee golf, things like that, Ultimate. You get the point. One of those activities growing up was this fire building contest. and uh, I love fire who doesn't love fire i mean fire unless you've been impacted by it in a very bad way uh, fire is pretty fun people love to play with fire i i know i'm a youth pastor people love to talk about their experiences with fire people love to meet around a campfire and talk about their experiences with fire and it's the same with a teenage or even a, a younger than teenage guy. I, I had a, an affinity. I had this desire for fire. And I remember at this local camp, one of the activities was a fire building contest. And we would compete with other groups throughout the region as to who can build the fire the quickest with the supplies that are given by building it high enough that it would reach a string and burn off the string so that it would separate into two different pieces. And some of the things that they gave us were popsicle sticks, matches, and small paper, small amount of paper. And we were thinking, huh, what happens if we can't build the fire within the realm of using our supplies. What if we needed more supplies? And unfortunately, for groups that ran out of supplies, they would be docked a certain amount of time based on the supplies that they went through. So if they need more popsicle sticks, then they would lose five minutes. I'm just throwing a number out there. If they needed more matches, then they would be docked seven minutes. Uh, if they need more paper, more kindling wood, then they would be docked a certain amount of, of time as well. And it was a fun experience. And I remember a lot of times when we started the fire with the matches that we were given, 
It would create this spark, but oftentimes it would never catch on. Either we didn't build the fire the, the right way, or we chose uh, ground that was wet, or we didn't have enough oxygen for it, and we would go through all those matches, and we would feel like complete and utter, utter failures in the process. Year over year, it seemed to happen. Finally, one year, we broke the trend. We actually had the fire up and going because we practiced fire-making contests. Uh, we practiced fire-building, rather, back at our home church. And so, and so instead of failing, we actually finally succeeded in the venture of building a fire. Uh, it, it's crazy when you think about it. But building a fire is really hard work. You have to have the right amount of fuel, not too much. You can't, you can't throw a log on there right away. You have to have beginning wood, kindling wood, popsicle sticks, maybe something that's easily burnable in order for that fire to catch. Why am I talking about fire? Well, it's the same thing with influence and it's the same thing with leadership. We need to be grounded in the small things before we can be entrusted with the larger responsibilities. You can't just set a log on fire. It takes time to get to that place. And when it comes to growth and relationship with Jesus, there's always a beginning point. With a fire, the beginning point is the spark. With beginning a relationship with Jesus, there's a beginning point there. There's a spark. And the definition of spark, if I can share this, it means to ignite. And it's a small, fiery particle produced by striking two hard surfaces together, such as stone or metal. And when it comes to this stuff, there's a sense of liveliness and excitement that comes to a spark. I remember when we finally, those couple times, those first couple years when we tried this fire making contest, I remember how ecstatic we were once we finally got the fire going. And then it was only a matter of time before we built it up enough so that the string would break. Unfortunately, we came in last a lot of times, but we got the job done. That's the point. There are many beginning points with Jesus that we can find in the Bible. Specifically, when we look at Simon Peter's life, we can look at his call in Luke 5. He came from the background of being a fisherman. And as a fisherman, God called him and said, God called him through his son Jesus, follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And he went. Ultimately, he became Peter. Then we also have Saul, who later became Paul in the book of Acts, chapter 9, on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians. He was bound and determined that he was doing the right stuff. And in that process, Jesus started a relationship with him, blinding him on the road to Damascus, saying, why are you persecuting me? Again, that spark, the beginning of relationship. Then, of course, you have Zacchaeus in Luke 19, where he climbs he climbs the tree to see Jesus. Jesus says, come on down. I'm going to hang with you. I'm going to connect with you. And then, another person that I'd like to cover and read with you tonight, specifically, is the call of Levi. The beginning of his relationship, this tax collector, 
who later became Matthew. And you can read his story in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32. If you'd go there, uh, I'm excited to jump into this. Again, we're looking at leadership sparks and relationships that begin out of these new relationships that begin and these relationships that happen and lead ultimately to leadership. I'm getting jumbled with my words there and I hope and pray that you can understand what I'm what I'm getting at with all this as I'm uh, flipping open my Bible and looking for my Bible right now uh, on, on the app. Unfortunately, I'm not finding it. <laughs> so let me take a moment and pray and get settled and get set as we read uh, Luke 5 together. Let's pray together. God, I, I just I thank you for the opportunity to to dive in your word. I thank you for the chance to read out of the Gospel of Luke tonight. People that you call, like Levi, who have such a history and such a background. And here's this guy, Lord, that just needs to simply come to you and follow you. God, you want to spark, you want to light up a new relationship with us whether we already have one or whether we don't at all. I simply pray, Lord, that you would be with the words that are shared, the thoughts that are echoed over this podcast, and that you, O oh God, would get all the glory. We thank you, God. And it's in your name we all say and pray together. Amen. So th- this is Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. My friends, that is the spark, the starting point of Matthew, who was otherwise known as Levi before coming to Jesus. Beginning point that we find here, leading ultimately into his leadership. We see a sellout. See, Levi's background, if you didn't know it, is, again, he's a tax collector. And what that means for a Jewish guy that turns his back on his own heritage is simply this. He's serving the enemy. He's serving the Roman Empire. And he's getting ahead doing it. And by doing so, he's turning, on back, he's turning his own back on his heritage and ultimately betraying his own people for the sake of getting ahead. He was spiritually and culturally, really just selling himself short. This sellout that is acknowledging and understanding that he needs to find a way to get ahead. And he's going to make any way possible in order to do it. I wonder inside of you and I wonder inside of me how often we sell ourselves out. Where we settle for compromise and being second-class citizens instead of feeling and experiencing the touch of God in our lives, where we do it ourselves. And here's Levi again, kind of doing it himself, his own way. 
But not only do you see the sellout happening from Levi in his backstory before coming to Jesus, or rather Jesus coming to him and Jesus calling him, not only that, but you also see selling out happening with the Pharisees through their smugness. I don't know if smugness is a word or not, but we're going to use it for the sake of this podcast because ultimately these Pharisees are being smug. They are being sarcastic, cold-hearted, kind of stuck in their own ways, kind of steeped in their own tradition and thinking that religiosity without relationship is going to be okay. Ritual is going to be okay. In fact, ritual is expected. And if you have relationship that that looks awkward or different, that defiles or goes against the religion of the day, then you are frowned upon. And here's Jesus saying and giving words of life, speaking into these disciples and training them up. And these disciples are thinking, yeah, we're going to go after something greater. We're going to go after something more powerful, including Levi, because they all were sellouts in some way, shape, or form. We all are. We're all sellouts in our own way. And when we are caught up in ritual and religion only, without relationship and authenticity and vulnerability, then it's truly hard to experience the touch of God because we are doing it for ourselves and by ourselves. And there's a smugness that happens there. And it's easy to look upon these Pharisees and say, oh yeah, these guys are being smug. These guys are being difficult. But I wonder how much of the pharisaical attitude is inside of me. Replacing relationship. Replacing the touch of God and thinking that I'm okay because of my pride. Ultimately, that is the thing that leads to smugness in life, is pride. It's a life filled with self instead of being selfless and being directed and led by the Lord being tender-hearted, soft-hearted towards him. The third thing that we see in this passage that relates to leadership is this whole idea of what Jesus talks about in terms of the sick. The sick need the doctor. Now, I'm not a big fan of wanting to inconvenience a doctor by visiting him or her with my problems. In fact, I'm usually one of the last people to go. I'm one of the last people to to take the medicine. For whatever reason, call it pride, call it whatever. But until you really acknowledge your sickness, until you really acknowledge your need, then you're going to be stuck where you're at. And see, one thing that Levi and the other disciples were willing to acknowledge is the fact that they were sick, which is half the battle. They recognized that they needed a doctor's touch in their lives, and the ultimate physician is Jesus. And here's Jesus declaring, I came to for the, I came to spiritually rescue those that are sick, those that are ill, those that need my touch. I didn't come to save the righteous. Because they don't recognize that they are needy. They think that they are all set. 
Levi admits that he is a sellout simply through his action of getting up and following Jesus. These Pharisees can't get over themselves. They too are sick in their smugness. They're stuck in that reality, but they are not willing to acknowledge their need for something more because their mindset was earning it, earning heaven, and making sure that you look the part of being holy on the exterior with no heart change. And see, the incredible thing with this passage is the fact that God continues to use His Son, Jesus, to connect and reach down into each and everybody's life. We may not be able to hear the words audibly, follow me, but it doesn't mean that the invitation isn't there. It simply means that a new spark needs to happen inside of you and inside of me. A new relationship in order to become the leader and the person of influence that we ultimately should ascribe to. I desire to be a person of influence. I desire to inspire others to follow after him and to go his way. But I need that initial spark that beginning of relationship where I'm going to run after the Lord and pursue Him diligently with my heart. Not that I can earn it, but it's a response to the invitation that says, follow me. The spark is ultimately from the Lord. And the thing that we see here is the sellout of Levi, the smugness of the Pharisees, the sickness that we all have, and the reality that Levi and others that are soft-hearted will acknowledge how they have spiritually sold themselves out and how they are spiritually sick in need of a Savior. I, Jay Trainer, am in need of a personal touch of a Savior. And that, my friends, is the spark to this relationship that will ultimately lead me into his leadership. I want to read this passage with you. It's, a, it's out of Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. It reads as follows. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Light has a beginning point. And it starts with the spark. My final thought to you tonight is simply this. Jesus declares, follow me. Are you willing to do the same as Levi? Acknowledge your spiritual need. Acknowledge the selling out background that you have so that you can have a spark in the fire of your heart and that you can ultimately be a person of influence by becoming light in a very dark and complicated world. And that, my friends, is tonight's Untorn. I want to thank you for tuning in. We continue this leadership series next week right here on untorn.net. But until then, we are continuing to broadcast life and broadcast love. Don't forget to check out our app, Infusion Now, available both in the iOS App Store and the Google Play Store. For your convenience, it's free of charge. Bible verses sent to your phone. You can subscribe to our podcast right there too, which is pretty awesome. But thanks for tuning in tonight.
keep us in prayer. We've got some pretty cool things coming up. Next week, my wife and I travel to uh, Nicaragua to work with Compassion International right on the front lines. Really excited about that opportunity. So glad that they've called, and I'm so glad that we've been able to see a number of kids rescued out of poverty in Jesus' name. Also, don't forget to check out our friends over at KingdomBound, kingdombound.org. They're announcing their lineup as we speak, and their musicians and artists are all coming together uh, for some incredible uh, events coming up. Uh, in the near future, and also coming up this summer with the Kingdom Bound Festival taking place in mid-July. My friends, I'm out. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jay Trainer for Untorn.net. You've been listening to Untorn, where we are broadcasting life and broadcasting love from Studio 14B. We'll see you soon. God bless you guys. Enjoy the music of Index Patient. off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings. Do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99 and more. Free food, prizes and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Hi, it's Jamie. Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.